Hi, my name is Frankie. Thank you for listening to my mom. I never listen. I love to do this podcast in the Valley because every week we have another great coach in this league and we have a young coach in this league and Allison Star Pullman. I'm going to call her Allison Star because that's where I want to start, Allison. That's how I know you when you were a great player in the Valley playing for you and I. Can you recall some of your days now when you look back or when you share stories with your triplets about what your time was like at you and I? Yeah, I mean, it's not so much um, sharing them with um, my own kids because usually, you know, you're just a has been and washed up, and all of the <laughs> advice I have to give is not warranted or or wanted. Um, but there there have been numerous opportunities that I've had specifically this year to be able to share some of you know my playing days, I guess, more than anything with our team, and um, it's it's just amazing. And I had a I had a phenomenal experience um, playing at UNI and and being coached by um, Tony DeCecco. And while there, um, it, it was just the perfect fit for me. So it, it's it's kind of everything that you want for your own players now of of finding that niche, finding that place, finding um, your own way, I guess, in the world. And so um, yeah, it, and it feels like a really long time ago. <laughs> you know, I should have said this at the beginning that you're the head coach at Drake and. We had a reference to Tony DeCecco last week because we interviewed Tanya Warren at UNI mm-hmm. and she was mentioning the um, influence that Tony had on her. Now, when you played at UNI, you played for Tony and Tanya was on the staff. I know at least your senior year, I don't remember how many years she was there, but um, this is a pretty uh, strong Iowa connection here for you to be able to pull all this together. How's it going for you? Um, with your background from you and I and, and moving over those 18 inches that everybody says is such a big deal to become the head coach. Well, I think one of the unique th- unique things in college athletics is you kind of have to have your suitcase packed and be ready to, you know, move and shake in this business. And I've been extremely, extremely blessed and lucky to having had played at you and I coached at you and I and then I got to luckily got to stay in the state of Iowa, coming to Drake to be an assist long time, what feels like assistant coach for, you know, about 14 years that I was here as an assistant. And then those 18 inches, you know, here we go, here I am. Um, but just having the opportunity to stay in the state, you know, we have clearly a lot of family here in the state of Iowa. And I've always just had, um, you know, I've always just loved being able to, to stay here, you know, going from one phenomenal Valley institution to another phenomenal Valley institution is just, yeah, I'm again, I'm, I'm very, very lucky. So I'm, I'm always intrigued by people like yourself or someone like Lisa Bluter at Iowa pretty much stayed their entire life in the state of Iowa, Bill Fenley, Iowa state. So yeah. I, I was curious about your hometown uh Wellsburg, Iowa. And I looked it up and the census last year had it at like two seven hundred and twenty people. So yeah. I just wonder like what was it like growing up in that environment during your time and how does that all tie together with why you've stayed your whole life in Iowa? Yeah, well, you know, having having grown up again in small town Iowa, you know, it, everybody can say, you know, so simple or whatever else, but I was the youngest of three. And so um, just that the competitive nature of you didn't, what you had to do was really in your driveway 
way. And so there's a lot of bleeding and a lot of, you know, like that's not a foul. You can't cry. <laughs> and a lot of that from my two older brothers, but, um, you know, those roots and just, you know, kind of living through that and, and then seeing opportunities develop out of that, I guess, and, and going to school 25 minutes from my hometown, um, going to college and having the opportunity to play college basketball is just, you know, phenomenal. So, um, the staying in I. Iowa, I think it's just always probably gone back to uh, not unfortunately to my small town mentality of like, I thought Des Moines, I thought I was going to get swallowed and eaten alive here because, <laughs> you know, moving from, you know, Cedar Falls really to Des Moines, it felt like I was going from, you know, like to the big city and yeah, Des Moines is larger, but um, yeah. I've, I've navigated my way and we figured it out. Um, but again, just back to being, being lucky to be able to stay in the state of Iowa and it's just because it's so glamorous here. I mean, you just come and there's, there's also deep roots in basketball. And I think in girls basketball and women's basketball, being able to, you know, have the privilege to be named, you know, a, a head coach of four division one institutions. And you're, I'm in conversation with Bill Fenley, Lisa Bluter, Tanya Warren, and you know, what feels like little old me, but you know, it's just, it's a, it's a special honor. Um, and I couldn't be more excited to, to be at Drake. I love going to Iowa myself because I know it is, um, it's the heart of basketball. It's the center of the, of the, of the country for basketball. And there's no question. There's great players that come out of the state of Iowa. I mean, that's why all the programs in that state have had so much success. Um, I want to shift over to like balancing. Cause I get this question a lot with my three boys, you have triplets and you and your husband are raising Quinn, Ruby and Sydney. Yeah. Okay. Like I can't even, my guys are 26, 24 and 20. And I know how challenging it was to try to balance that. How do you do three at the same time? Three um, tuitions, all that stuff. Yeah. I, I honestly think we raised them until maybe they were about 12 and now they've turned to just bossing us around. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, but they just get so old so fast and it just has kind of been a whirlwind yeah. of, um, of, yeah, we do a lot of the things that are the same, or at least we did when they were younger. And now I love the fact that they're all in, involved in different things. They have different, you know, very, very different personalities and different, you know, like aspirations and things that bring them joy. So it's been, it's been fun to watch them kind of navigate their path. Um, but I have, I've quickly discovered not to give much basketball advice because, you know, back to my initial comments of, it's, it's just different when it's coming from home, you know? Right. And so, um, I, I do enjoy the fact that they do, they all play basketball. Um, and, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's also a lot of fun being able to watch your own kids play. And, um, I can't remember who this was. It actually might've been a conversation that Jenny and I had at one point, cause someone had shared it with her and it was, you know, really, um, what is it? Coaches coach, um, referees, ref and parents cheer. And so I've really tried to take on that, yes. um, old adage, especially when watching basketball. So I just do a, a whole lot of clapping and my, and my lips stay closed. <laughs> That's exactly the way I approach it with my kids. I don't say a word. I sit there yeah. quietly and I might cheer a little bit, but I don't want to ever be the one that, you know, brings um, attention to something negative that my kids are doing or that I'm doing in the stands that is a distraction for them because, you know, we've got other priorities. We can't be just worried about cheering on our kids, right? We've got other responsibilities. Um, having said that, uh, so like, I know 
uh, we call it Team Antonelli. We have some of our own vernacular at our house. You know, I call it free balling with my three guys. You know, it's just kind of like regular conversation when they were young. Guys, take your clothes off, throw it on the washing machine, free ball it to the showers. Okay. You have any sort of fun things that you do inside your house that you feel like you could share with the world? Oh, well, we usually do, you know, like at dinner, thank goodness, we're still able to find the times to do like, you know, um, you know, like just yeah. family dinners, depending on when it's sometimes at eight 30 at night, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you just never know when it's going to happen. Um, but we do a lot of, um, we do a lot of highs and lows, you know, just throughout the day. And, and then un- unfortunately there's a lot of, um, since they can't shake each other, I don't know if that makes sense, but like they're in school together and then they always come <laughs> home together and they happen to be at practice together. So when that happens, we try to just give somebody, you know, like the ability to speak freely without the peanut gallery, you know, sharing in all kinds of different things or their, their assessment of the day. <laughs> but, but it's just more than anything, trying to give each person the platform to be able to at least share about their accounts of the day and such. So, so we try to do that. Um, uh, I think that could be a bucket list for some people in Iowa, some fans to sit around your dinner table while the the, the, the group is doing their thing daily. Cause I think it's so interesting when you listen to kids that are coaches, kids talk about what their days are like and what they put in perspective and what they don't. Um, I want to ask you about, Susie Glazer Burt. Now, when you guys got that sweet deal, like she's definitely a sugar mama in women's basketball, right? Puts her name on the coach's position, but then she gives you guys like $5 million. And, you know, all the word on the street was, you know, when Jenny was a head coach, she could add an addition to her house or she could build a pool or she could do whatever she want. You could travel any way you want. You know, the money was just like there. Is that the same deal for you? Um, well, Susie is still very, very heavily involved and it is still the title, um, of the position and she's just, you know, a phenomenal, I I guess, philanthropist, you know, that has continued to give back to women's basketball. And I don't know that if I would ask for a pool, but I guarantee if I asked Susie to come to our conference tournament or to be, you know, around or whatever else, she, she still is the first one there. You know, she's just very, very supportive. I do hear from her regularly. Um, I I might have to work on the pool a little bit, (laughs) but no, but she's, yeah, she is 100% all into Drake and all into Drake women's basketball all the time. I mean, she's, she's just a phenomenal woman who, um, you know, has really stepped up. You know, I think it's a, it's a great thing to be able to have the means that she has to be able to give, but then for her to give to women's sports and specifically, you know, to us, I think it just, it just means so, so much for our sport. She is a trailblazer in many ways because she did dedicate her money to women's sports, understanding the value of what women's sports can do for young women. I think I got to have her on my podcast. You know, when I had Kate Ocker on, I was talking about Sister Jean and I got Sister Jean on my podcast, Allison. So now you got some pressure on you. Now I got to get Susie. Yeah. And and she would 100%. I, she would in a heartbeat. Yes. We can get that taken care of. Let's hook that up. Okay. Okay. All right. So um, I'm curious because I called a lot of these games that you played in when you were a player. That's how far back my time in the Valley goes. You played from, I think, 06 to 2000, right? Yep. Okay. So I was calling Valley games back then. And your timeline coincides with one of my all-time favorites, Jackie Stiles. Like everyone knows my 
uh, adoration and love for Jackie. Jackie called me her good luck charm when I was in the building. I saw her do a lot of phenomenal things. And I know you saw it from a different perspective. Yeah. Were you in that game where you and I played a triangle and two on Jackie and she still had like 50? Yep. yep. Okay, and what I do still, you remember? Um, 50, well, I think I, she, had 50, she had 56 in that or was that 36? I'm, I mean, that part I don't lot. remember. But I also remember, and this isn't necessarily to that game, but I also remember um, when Tony D came up with a game plan, we guarded her on defense. <laughs> So we just played four on four and we had someone who guarded her just, and because she just had such a knack. And one of the things that they did was they just, they let her leak out constantly. Like she never re not that she never rebounded us, but she would just leave. And so we just didn't even play with that offensive player in, I mean, I don't even know if we did it for a half, but it was hilarious. And I think our entire team was looking around like, what are we doing? You know, like, and we tried it. I mean, slow it down or. Yeah. Yeah. So, so no, but Jackie, wow. What a player. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. People ask me all the time because you try to put it in a frame of reference that even while it was happening on the national scene, people didn't understand how good the league was and how good she was. So it wasn't like she was just mop up time in a bunch of, you know, has been teams. The league was highly competitive. Then there are a lot of great coaches in the league during Jackie's time. What's the thing that you remember the most? Because I'm always intrigued by what I remember. And you're on the floor going against her, trying to stop her. And you were the defensive player of the year trying to guard her. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like you were just a regular defender. You were the best defender in the league. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, you know, what I remember the most about her was the spin move. Um, that's what was always coming, you know, like, and you knew, you knew that it was coming. It was semi unstoppable, but you know, one of the things her shot was just, and I don't even know if she shot it as she was coming down or going up, but it was just so fluid, you know, and it was unblockable because she, you know, like she almost like sat back at an angle to be able, you know, such a high release. And it was, it was just, it was beautiful. And I think the other thing you know, and not a lot of coaches might not talk about this, but she didn't miss layups, you know, like that's one of the things I think is the most impressive is yeah, she was really phenomenal with the pull-up and she shot threes or whatever else. But when she was going at it, like she did not miss layups. Full I mean, speed. she just, and it's, and it feels like it's something like, well, of course nobody misses layups. So you, we've seen a lot of missed layups. Um, so I don't want to spend my whole time with you on Jackie, but I think it's amazing. Right. So, so we know when you went to play there, there was incredible crowds. What about when she came to your place? What, what was it like on campus for you during that time when you know you've got the chief responsibility of locking her down? And I mean, do you sleep the night before? Do you eat anything the night? I mean, like, are you are you like excited, nervous, or like, are you afraid you're, she's she's gonna you're gonna lose bust a shoe out trying to stay with her? Yeah. Well, I think. You know, I think especially because of of where we we stood, you know, at you and I when we played them, typically they were, you know, top probably first or second in the conference. I I actually still remember the very last road trip. We ended up beating Wichita State in overtime, and then we played Missouri State, and that was the last game that they had lost, and that was my senior year. Um, and I still remember, you know, just being in that game, and you know, we were like, Jackie can get whatever she wants. We gotta, we just gotta make sure we guard everybody else sort of thing. Um, but yeah, no, you slept, you, you know, you just knew as a, you know, as a competitor and as a player, you just, you, you, you had to figure it out. 
out and you just showed up and you laced them up a little bit tighter, exactly like you said, and, and you tried to stay with her as much as possible. But, um, but back to the Valley, just being as dominant as it was and all of the great players. And I feel like that's where we are now. You talk about every team and you can state two or three players where, you know, you've got to have a game plan for, and you've got to, you got to be ready night in and night out because, because it has evolved and it has gotten a lot better. So I know what a competitor you are. I remember I saw it. I saw you play. So I know how much you love the game. I've watched you as a young coach evolve into this role now at Drake. And honestly, no one's feeling sorry for you guys, right? I mean, they're trying to pound you. You still got a target on your back. What's that transition been like for you? Because this is your first year and there is a significant learning curve. And so it's not like it's just roll it out and play. There is a change. There's some different terminology or timing or culture and we're going to get to the metronome but um just how's it been yeah you know i think it's been it's been a it's been a year of gaining experience and gaining knowledge you know and and really just going back to um kind of tapping into you know just learning and evolving as this has gone on and um and and drake has been such a such a dominant presence and and you do get that and you have the target and everything else and um, and we just, you know, as a very young group have continued to show progress. I really do think that, especially in the last, really, we've taken the last five weeks as, as more than anything, a challenge. And in, in our last five games, I think that we've, we've shown a lot of progress. We've had opportunities and, you know, a couple free throws go a different way. You make a different, another layup or at least a three or here or there. Um, and, and you feel a little bit differently, but I do think this group has, and myself and our coaching staff has continued to grow, evolve and show progress. Well, you've always been a rhythm team and rhythm takes work. And because you're such a rhythm team, people are always trying to break your rhythm, you know, defensively and changing the way they, they guard you or ball screen this way, or you guys do a lot of exchanging and you just do a lot of things misdirection wise to keep teams off balance. Um, with with Maggie Blair and Grace Berg and Megan Meyer, like those are your veteran players, right? How mm-hmm. has it been for you changing your relationship or did you change your relationship with your, you know, your top level kids? Because, I mean, I'm not saying the other kids are not top level. I'm just mean those are your leaders. Like, and now they're hearing your voice in a different way. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a, it's a process. And I think it is. It's definitely them getting used to back to, you know, your comment about um, really more than anything, vocabulary and um, I guess a directness and an expectation and being able to talk through some of those things and have hard conversation and have fun conversation, you know, and just mm-hmm. it, understand in a different light that styles can be different, but expectations can still be the same. And so, mm-hmm. um, yes, they, those relationships have grown and evolved and, and we've, we've had bumps and, you know, we've had roller coaster moments of highs and lows and such. And it is, it's definitely different having, you know, conversations with Maggie Bear and and I have a different perspective of facing the basket. Hers is much more back to the basket. And so us really kind of sharing at a different level, you know, like what we feel and see 
uh, has been a wonderful transition. Um, we don't always agree. Sometimes we have to agree to disagree on a few things, um, but that's that's the evolution of coaching and that's how you have to adjust. And that's how I'm trying to gain knowledge and experience in all of those things. And, and same thing with Grace Berg and keeping her really, really confident um, has been a, you know, a good challenge for all of us this year. And, you know, and Megan's brand new and just getting to, to really maximize on her basketball IQ and her ability to shoot the ball has been really a fun addition to have this year. Well, I think it is the essence of teaching and that's part of why you go to college, you know, and so that you can learn from all those different perspectives and different personalities and all those things. Okay. So take us to the, the uh, Missouri Valley conference tournament. Okay. I know that's a highlight on your schedule. I know you enjoyed it as a player. And now you're seeing growth in the quad cities area. What are you most looking forward to about taking your team there, Allison? Well, I think more than anything is, is just getting a chance to watch them, you know, mature as we step on the floor. And I think it's one of those things where our team has had a lot of success in Moline. Um, and so for our, really our returners and our veteran players to be able to um, hopefully share those experiences and bring a little bit of, I don't know, maybe security to our younger players mm -hmm. um, as that evolves and we grow through that process. But, you know, it's a brand new season. Like, that's what I love about the conference tournament is like you step, you step there and you got to be ready to go. And so um, it'll be interesting to see as our team continues to progress as our season, you know, continues here. Um, what, what will we be? Who will we choose to be? Um, and I really, really like the version that we've become over the course of the last few weeks. Hopefully continue that going and, and we'll be at the high of the roller coaster. That's the goal anyway. Allison, we wish you well. Thank you so much for taking time on the Missouri Valley podcast. Thank you so much, Debbie.